Hi, welcome to my podcast, On The Grow. I'm Grace Lee. In the last episode, I had a conversation with my sister, Rebecca Lee, a third-year medical student about dealing with pressure, the struggle of losing control, and why God closes doors. Rebecca shares where she finds pressure as a doctor and how she copes with it, and I share the pressure I have felt in the blogging and influencer industry. We discussed giving up control and how our faith allows us to deal with our pressures. In this episode, I open up about something I've never talked about before. I've really hesitated on sharing it numerous times in the past few years, and it feels right to finally share it. It's coming from a vulnerable place in my heart. And I talk about how I found strength in the weakest and darkest moments of my life. They say that one of the most powerful things you can do is to be vulnerable. There's something powerful about sharing your story. One of the reasons this series has been so overdue is because of this very episode. I've really had to take some time to think about whether I want to share the darkest years of my life. There's a chapter that I don't read out loud. It stays hidden, buried deep inside me because I fear the power it has over me. I fear what I'm capable of recreating once I let that mentality in. I remember those painful dark years The many years I spent suffering in silence, afraid that people would notice me, afraid that people would see me. The person I am when I let that other voice tell me that I can achieve everything when I'm empty instead, that I will stay five steps ahead of everyone, that being hungry will fuel me even more than food ever will. That that sort of discipline will reward me if I keep going. I, I fear how people will view me if they know. Poor Grace, the pressure got to her. She talks about strength, but she's so weak in this. I fear they will label me as someone with an eating disorder. And I fear that once people know, they will watch me like a hawk and That thought alone can drive me down that dark hole all over again. I'm, I'm so nervous and scared to talk about this. There is a strong urge for me to stop recording this right now and just close the cover of the book again. Maybe I can reopen it again, you know, a few years later, a few months later. Maybe this isn't the right time again to talk about it. Maybe I'm not ready to share it. I'm like almost shaking, trying not to like think about, you know, my mind churning and overthinking everything that's processing. And it's just like, I like want, I want to share this though. I've debated writing and sharing it on my blog for so long but the time never felt right. I remember praying to God and asking him to give me the right time 
to one day share my darkest moments because one day I know it'll help someone listening to feel like they're also not alone in this. Yeah, I'm terrified to talk about my experiences, but I also feel stronger knowing that God wants me to talk about this certain issue I've dealt with and how I was able to find light in my darkest moments. I've been such a perfectionist all my life that it took me a couple of years to finally understand my process thinking. I was mentally sick, to put it that way. I kept this thought, you know, the situation I was in, I kept it inside me deep, deep down because I didn't want it to be true. I wanted to hide it from myself. I felt ashamed and viewed it as a weakness. And in order to be strong, I had to keep going. There was no way I was going to show that I was weak. Um, and giving up on this all felt like I was giving up on myself. And that is something I can never do. It's a twisted mentality to have. But I'll try my best to explain my thinking during these darkest moments. As I'm recording this, um, Thanksgiving is in a couple of days, and the thought of Thanksgiving has always been something that has triggered me in some ways. The distant memories that I had surrounding Thanksgiving slowly start to creep back in again. Thanksgiving used to be a difficult time for me every year back in high school and college. In my darkest moments where I was really deep into my eating disorder, I felt overwhelmed with the holiday. I absolutely hated how it revolved around food and eating and how happy everyone was to to be at the dinner table um, with a plate full of food and I just remember everyone asking me what my favorite dish was and what I was excited to eat and people would make jokes about putting on their fat pants and all of that you know like my outside appearance would just joke along and go along with it but deep inside I felt this sort of voice telling me like that will never happen to you you're not gonna let that happen you're gonna be in control and you can eat a little bit but not to the point where you get full because you've worked so hard to get to where you are and if you do lose that control everything you've worked on would go to waste and again back to the giving up on this would be giving up on myself and i just couldn't do that i I hate how it made me feel because I know being around my family a lot, they picked up on a lot of things. They picked up on my eating habits and, you know, how I was always healthy and I would eat at certain times. It's not like they weren't aware. They just knew I was a very picky eater and I just really, I really loved nutrition and I really loved fitness and health was very important to me. So I just felt like it was all eyes on me at the dinner table with the relatives and 
you know, they would, even in like Korean culture, um, my grandparents would comment at how you know skinny I was and that I, I needed to eat a pumpkin pie or something. When I was little, I used to love sweets and pumpkin pie and all of that. And so going through these hard years of my life, I did crave the taste of pumpkin pie and I really did want it. How, you know, looking at that pumpkin pie, it looked insanely delicious and my mind wanted it, my hands wanted it, my stomach wanted it, but I couldn't bear the thought of ruining everything I had worked so hard for, to be disciplined, to say no. What's difficult with that is whenever things feel out of control or whenever I feel like life isn't going the way I want it to, I can feel myself slipping back to it again, craving that control. That control made me feel strong at times when I felt weak. I struggled with this for about eight years and no one knew. I never talked about it. I never brought it up and I distanced myself from a lot of people because of it because I didn't want people to get suspicious or I didn't want people to bring it up or know. I don't know if those people knew I was dealing with this or they just, you know, were hush-hush about it and didn't bring it up um, because maybe they didn't know how to bring it up. And I'm sure some people picked up on it, uh, roommates in college, friends in college, and they would say things sometimes and I would be stubborn and just brush it off and just pretend that life was all good and if we were having dinner that night I would suck it up and eat the bowl of spaghetti to let them know I was fine but then I would hate myself that night or the next morning and run it off at the gym. Moving to New York City I tried continuing that lifestyle where I had destroyed my body and it was physically, emotionally, and mentally difficult for me. You know, whenever I see a challenge, I want to take it. So I pushed and pushed and pushed until my mentality reached a breaking point. Emptiness gave me satisfaction, and I hate that. I hate that it did. I hate that it was even an issue for me, that someone like me feared food. I loved food, and growing up, I ate basically everything because I played all the sports. I was growing, and so I I just really, I loved food, um, and I couldn't really pinpoint whether it was the fear of gaining weight or the fear of losing control, or both, and what's crazy is I can remember the exact memory of when I was at my lowest weight. I remember it so vividly. I remember where I was at that time, the song I was listening to, how happy I felt, but also very dizzy, the outfit I was wearing, everything to a T. I have actually that image of that day when I photographed me at my lowest weight, and I keep it on my phone sometimes just to like look at it and I look at my face um, and I 
I wonder like how my thinking got to that point and how I've grown from it. Those are just the type of memories that just kind of stay with me, even to this day as I'm here in New York City. I was constantly tired, exhausted from walking around the city with little to no energy, uh, to working out at the gym constantly, to mood swings and wanting to push people away so they didn't see the side of me. It was definitely a roller coaster, but it was December of my first year when I just broke down and I turned to God and just never felt so out of control at that moment. I I picked myself back up, but this time it was my faith that reminded me, just like my eating disorder. He had never left my side. I think that's why I viewed my eating disorder as something I couldn't let go of because I've been through so many like friendships and relationships and acquaintances that would just come and go in my life. I like dealt with a lot of pain with that because I always questioned whether it was me or something about me that that person didn't like. I would try to piece together the puzzle of what it was that made that person want to leave my life. And then that voice would remind me saying that it had always been there and it never left me and that's it was almost like a punishment thing like that's what you get for trying to get rid of me and it was like I'm back I used that to cope with the pain I used my control to cope with the pain I always felt that physical pain was better than emotional pain I had felt emotional pain from getting hurt from a guy and it really just like wrecked me so much to the point where I wanted to feel that physical breakingness so I wouldn't have to focus on what my internal mental state felt like. I went on and off with that voice in my head telling me I needed that control, that I was nothing without it. So when I... When I look back at the darkest moments in my life where I struggled with this for eight years, I feel sadness. You know, that I feel sad that I wasn't able to overcome it sooner. But I also feel stronger in the sense that I realized there was purpose in this pain, that everything happens for a reason. It may take years to realize the reasons why you go through the pain and struggle, but in time, you will look back and smile because it made you unstoppable. Something that really helped me through this time was the reminder that God loves to use weak people. It took me to realize I was weak to fight this by myself. I had to accept the bundle of flaws and imperfections that made me want to revert back to my old habits. I think when you're so wrapped up in this, um, at least this eating disorder mentality, you confuse strength for weakness. And you think that 
the longer you go at emptying yourself, the stronger you are for resisting. But it's hard to just tell someone to, here, eat this, you know, like you need food, take it. Like it, it doesn't work like that. I didn't tell a lot of people because I feel like that's like the reaction that most people would give me if I were to open up and tell them. They would be like, well, that's easy. Here's a piece of pizza. You know, if you're hungry, you should eat it. It's more so of like my mind thinking, if I eat this piece of pizza, where is it going to go? Is it going to affect everything you've done? Is it going to make me gain weight? Is it going to make me feel like I don't have that control to fight it? It's just really hard to talk about this because I feel like there needs to be a better form of communication with someone who has a unstable mentality. It's not just black and white. There's different ways to approach it. And I just wish that there were other people that could really understand it. You know, the fact that God uses weak people just really hit me in a way where I was accepting of myself in these moments that I no longer wanted to feel like I was living in hell every single day, waking up, wondering if if my heart was going to stop beating, if the heart palpitations would stop, and I would stop feeling so dizzy all the time and have these hunger pains. I always took note that God wanted to use my strengths, the things I'm good at, skilled at, to craft me into the person he wants me to be. But God also wants to use my weaknesses to define and shape who I am. Even though I question why God uses broken, weak people, the Bible reminds me of all the imperfect, ordinary people God used to do extraordinary things in spite of their weaknesses. I think back to the people I like to follow on Instagram. The ones who are vulnerable, they open up about things they struggle with, and that makes me want to know them more. There is one in particular that I love all around because I have been following her for years, and something I saw in her that I saw in myself, and I think that's why it made me want to just keep getting to know her and follow her and be a part of her journey because she might have seen it as like a a sign of weakness, but I saw it as something that gave me hope and gave me strength and that reminded me that I wasn't alone. The ones that have everything, I guess, like put together and don't really, you know, share the things that they struggle with, I feel like are not relatable to me. And therefore, I am not as interested as being a part of their journey if that makes sense. I love this line. Our strengths create competition, but our weaknesses create community. The more I look back at my darkest years struggling in silence, the more I see things shaping out in a different perspective. I start to view situations where I'm at rock bottom, and instead of thinking, why did God let me hit rock bottom? I change my thinking to, Sometimes God will let you hit rock bottom 
So you discover that he is the rock at the bottom. Sometimes when I feel pain, it reminds me of that dark place I used to go to. It comforted me at times when there was no one to comfort me. There are days when my mind still goes back to it. The thought of starving again, starting that cycle of these monthly weird diets that I did, that feeling of being empty and powerful. It scares me how much I crave it, how much I want it, because I felt stronger then. It's moments where I feel weak is when I want to fall back into it. And that mentality nearly destroyed me. As I remind myself that God has never left me and loves me for everything I am, broken or whole, strong or weak, that's the comfort I truly need. Whenever I feel like my life, again, is out of control, it comes up as like a a text message on your phone, like it just dings in my head. It reminds me that it's still there in the distance. I crave it on days when I'm down because my mind tricks me into thinking it's my only source of being strong again. By physically breaking down my body, but the battle is mental. I use the experiences I've gone through to help push me out of that thinking. One day, I prayed that I would be able to share my story to someone else who was also struggling, to show them that they are beautiful. And this voice, that mentality, the need to be in control, be perfect, be a certain size, that dark drive is not worth it. I believe that the strongest people aren't the ones who show strength in front of us. The strongest people are the ones who win battles we know nothing about. I asked on Instagram stories to submit responses to your darkest moments and how you overcame them. And some of the responses that I got back were really deep. Some of the stories included things like rape, sexual assault, abuse, losing a home, losing a loved one, bullying, addiction, and I responded back to each and every person who shared their story because I was just blown away. For those of you who shared your stories with me, just know that I felt inspired by you to share mine as well. That's why it is so true when they say, be kind to every person you meet because you never know what battles they're struggling with. If there is something that has been consistent in my life, it's been hardships, one after another. When one ends, another appears. I used to blame it on myself. You know, something was wrong with me. I deserved this pain, this struggle. But time really does give you a different outlook. I see it as God training me through my darkest moments. Pain reminds you that God is there. And I think that is the most humbling thing that I could go through because I am constantly surrounded by a city that has materialistic goods written all over it. And I see things and I see cars and I see homes and luxurious wealth and all of that here in New York City. I feel like it is 
my pain, it is the struggles that I'm going through that remind me that he is there. I wrote this in my journal a few months ago when I was dealing with it again, and it reads, It's that moment when you finally lift your head and peer into the distance. You can see the faintest glimpse of light. It's minimal, but it's there. And during this time of chaos and uncertainty, I can feel the waters rising. The pressure is eating at me. My mind is frantic. I feel anxious and fear what's to come. But the truest strength comes from within. To be still in the midst of chaos. To keep standing when you want to run, cry, and tell the world your problems. Your problems are not yours. They are God's lessons to shape you, mold you, and for you to lean on his understanding. Have you ever seen a lighthouse? A lighthouse has one purpose. Its job is to just shine and serve as a navigational aid and warn boats of dangerous areas. Basically a traffic sign on the sea. When you see a lighthouse, it doesn't worry about its position. What it is, it has no opinions. It just does its job and continues to shine, even in the darkest and stormiest nights. It's amazing how light attracts, how in the darkest moments, people search for the light. And the more you shine in your darkest moments, aka your storm, the more people you will attract in their storms. I cannot believe I was able to get that out. I had a hard time overthinking in the beginning of whether I would be able to share something that has been a huge part of my life, but I've never read out loud. It's always been mental in my head and I still do have those fears of what people will assume or think and I just, I really hope that opening up, it really does get you to understand what kind of mentality that is and what it can do to a person. If you know anyone who is struggling or if you are struggling, you are definitely not alone. I'm always here if you want to reach out and talk to me. But more importantly, thank you guys for sharing your stories with me. Be sure to follow along and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Stay tuned and keep listening to the next episode where I end 2019 recapping the previous episodes and series, what's to come for 2020, and announcing the next series on On The Grow. Thanks for tuning in!